Hello, and welcome to the business behind small business, the show that reminds you that just because you own a business doesn't mean you are a business owner. In each episode, we will discuss common issues, small business case, and offer tips and advice from the perspectives of two business owners, one that is built to sell and one that is built to inherit. We are your hosts, Savannah Stone and Tiffany Kao. There's a lot of business behind small business, so let's get to it. For so many, the work from home situation that was new to a lot of industries in 2020 became the mainstay, and we all had to get used to a new normal. As a business owner or as an employee, you've had to relearn the construct of what it means to be at work, quote unquote. Even if you've been working from home for longer than forced to, or if this is new, the balance and or integration of home and work is still and will continue to be like walking a tightrope. How do you choose which works best for you and why? Let's discuss work-life balance versus work integration, what's the difference, and which choice is more profitable. Before we begin, please note our disclaimer. This is available in both our show notes and on our website, and should be referred to before and or after this podcast. All right, let's set the stage and start with a couple of definitions. So what is work-life balance and what is work-life integration? So work-life balance is really an ideal state where your work and your life coexist, but are very much separate. And then a work-life integration is a state in which your work and personal responsibilities are very much blended. According to UC Berkeley's Haas School of Business, work-life integration is an approach that creates more synergy between all areas that define life. So that means work, home and family, community, personal well-being, and health. So from um, greatest.com, there's a pretty good set of examples to show really the difference between work-life integration and work-life balance. So let's say, for example, this is work-life integration. You put your exercise time in the middle of your workday, perhaps during your lunch break, or you schedule an active meeting, which in my mind, I just picture somebody walking on a treadmill while they're on a uh, conference call. So I suppose that's an active meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, The same scenario in a work-life balance looks like you exercise either in the morning before you start work or in the evening after you leave for work. Mm -hmm. Another example of integration is, let's say you spend much of your morning helping your child with their home school work and catching up on your own work in the evening. And in a work-life balance, you and your child both attend work and school during the week separately, and then you catch up on quality family time over the weekend. Uh, let's also say that uh, for work-life integration, it looks like you take your life along on a family trip to get the work done while you're away. And in a work-life balance scenario, it looks like you basically work non-stretch, uh, non-stop for a long stretch of time, and then you cash in on a whole bunch of vacation days um, at once where you unplug from work. So I myself have always asked this question, even as soon as I started working, which is, is work-life balance even a real thing? So I, for one, have never been able to turn on and t- turn off work at a certain hour, nor do I ever feel really happy when I think about the idea that my life is actually in competition with my work or vice versa. Personally, I like work. Um, Work for me means that I get to create, I get to expand my mind, I get to solve new problems, I get to meet new people. 
So every day I feel like I get a chance of being successful. And I, I just, I really like that. But I mean, at the same spectrum, I also like my life. You know, I like spending time with my other half. I like spending time with my family, with my friends. I love the fact that I get to travel whenever I want new foods because I, I like food <laughs> and try new restaurants, breweries, wineries, events, you know, go to festivals and stuff. But for me, I do take a lot of joy when there's opportunities where I can combine the two. And what that looks like for me is that maybe I take a Friday afternoon off after a few hours to enjoy a coffee date with my other half and then feel okay that I can pop up my computer on a Saturday morning because I'm inspired to do some work. This also means that I can travel overseas and take my laptop if I'm on a family vacation and still jump on a Zoom call at nine o'clock at night because it's 3 p.m. wherever my client is <laughs> and then go on an excursion the next day while my clients are asleep and there's no calls or emails coming in. Now, that also means that there are some nights I'm up till midnight working on a project, but then I can schedule some time to kind of have a lazy morning and not have a meeting until 10 a.m. the next day. For me, that's what work-life integration looks like. And thank goodness for technology, because if we didn't have that, I don't think any of this would be actually possible to do. But then again, I guess you can say that technology is a blessing and a curse, depending on how you use it. So now I'm not all for the fact that it's easy to have work-life integration. I mean, there's a lot of thoughtfulness that you have to put into it in order to schedule yourself that way not to mention some shifting of mindsets and beliefs to make it possible. And of course, you know, you just kind of have to have a lifestyle that kind of allows you to have the work-life integration. Um, a few things that I say that I definitely learned from living a life of kind of work-life integration versus work-life balance is that one, there's a misconception that work-life integration means that you're just multitasking. And sure, I mean, I guess you can like, I don't know, fold laundry while you're on a conference call or you can respond to emails while you're waiting for like your dinner to boil or something like that. But work-life integration isn't just about like incorporating like rote life activities into work. It's about being able to flow from work to like work activity to personal activity and then back to work and then back to personal again as it fits best your schedule and your energy throughout the day. In fact, if anything, it's kind of opposite of multitasking because you do want to be fully present for each and every activity to get the most enjoyment out of work-life integration, not feel like you're stretched in five different directions because you're trying to pay attention to five different things at once. That just creates a lot of stress. At least it does for me. Apparently, the older I get, the less I feel like I can actually truly multitask. <laughs> I don't know if that's a reflection of age or just my brain. <laughs> I'm going to say it's both. Oh, great. Yay. All right. Another great thing about aging that nobody tells you about. Yep, an aging brain. <laughs> <laughs> the second thing is um, I realize it's important to actually touch on all parts of your life. So giving equal priority, if not the same level of priority, to work, to health, to community, and to home and family. I think it is really easy for work over, especially if you happen to be in a position or you're an entrepreneur where it's... <laughs> You know, you have those months where everything feels like they're equally on fire and urgent <laughs> and you feel like that's all you can think about and do. But mm -hmm. if you go down that direction, I guarantee you, you're going to feel pretty strung out by the end of it because you're basically letting work overtake everything else. So you're not giving any time or focus to your health, your your community and to and then the very last thing is probably kind of in the same line as what I was talking about earlier. You got to really know yourself really well, because this is a really easy way to burn yourself out if you're not mm -hmm. paying attention. So I myself 
buy the one-way ticket to burnout all the time. Um, <laughs> willingly, all the time. My gosh. You think I would learn by now, but apparently I'm really good at buying a ticket, but I don't always get on a train, which is nice. Um, and that's usually because I don't give myself enough time or energy for my own like mental and physical health. And I don't always build in time to recharge and recover because I fall into this false belief that of course I can keep going. Come on now. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. But seriously, like you, you really need to know yourself well. Otherwise, work-life integration may not be the best choice because you're just going to end up just stressing yourself out and you're not going to love, love your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I also happen to have a, apparently a really high tolerance for pain. So I get really overenthusiastic about it when I'm working on something hard or if I'm in the middle of creating something new. So I just go overboard all the time. But mm. like I said, I may buy that ticket, but I've learned how to make sure I don't get on that train. So I know what my warning signals are, what my triggers are to make sure that when I recognize the signs, I take a step back and uh, make sure that, you know, make sure that I don't like run myself into the ground. Now, the other thing too, is that um, also learn because, because I can't do it naturally is actually to schedule in downtime. So I literally have to schedule in my calendar. Otherwise I'm just, I'm just going to forget to do it, which is so sad, but so true. (laughs) That is what allows me to keep going on with this worth life integration, which has a lot more positives in my life than negative. So that's why I am willing to do that and apparently also admit that out loud now. So I just realized. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, We have all have a pretty good idea of what balance and integration mean. But what does that mean to you and to your business? When balancing your work and your life, you're giving equal parts of yourself to each, right? So this is how I run my business and my life. There is a clear delineation between the two, and I give equal amounts of myself to both. When reflecting upon this before the podcast, it occurred to me that I even give the same amount of hours in a day to each. But I didn't always run my business this way, nor my life. Integration is when, as you mentioned, you're giving parts, equal parts to move your focus to both work and to your job, uh, to your life throughout the day. This could mean you're on a conference call. Well, for me, conference call while putting a load of laundry in or checking emails while eating dinner. Personally, I'm not a humongous of this. And maybe it's me and my brain, but I can't imagine anyone being very successful doing both at the same time, but hey, that's just me. I still love you, boo. <laughs> uh, so, so which one holds more benefits? Aside from my own personal opinion, let's jump in a little deeper to see which could be better for you. Perhaps your life and your business can't be segregated so easily. I understand that. When I ran my business all by myself in the first few years, I had a baby at home. I had to conduct meetings during nap time, and there were plenty of times I did meetings while he fed. I would throw things into a crock pot and my seventh load of laundry in between emails. I'd visit clients sometimes with my baby on on my hip. Truth be told, (laughs) since we're, you know, spilling secrets, I did respond to emails and did some work while in recovery from my (laughs) C-section. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, I totally did that. And I kind of lied to everybody saying that it was my admin doing it, but it was really me. Um, oh. 
<laughs> just so my clients wouldn't feel a pause in service. Isn't that crazy? Oh my gosh. You wait, way to go on a dedication skill. Yeah. Like, am I, am I from the U S I am absolutely from the U S because that's our work <laughs> mentality here. It's like, no, no, no. I got this. I got this. Just, just shove my intestines back in. I got this email. Um, wouldn't, <laughs> I didn't want I my to see all our male listeners cringe at that. I moment. know. <laughs> and our female listeners are probably like, uh, heck yep. yeah, mm-hmm. that's yep. Yeah. I just didn't want my clients to feel a pause in service. And I didn't want them to feel like they were second to the service I was promising them. But, you know, you're right. I, I also burned out. I burned out. I hit a brick wall. Um, as my kids grew, which at the time, my I had a baby. I had a eight, eight year old, seven year old and a seven year old and an 11 year old. So right. eight, eight and 12, nine, you know, as the kids grew, lines became more clear on my day. And I transitioned out of the integration and I worked towards more of a balance. Now I have a start and a stop time and I stay as true to that as I can. I can't tell if it's made me more efficient because my company has grown exponentially since then, so did I become successful because of the integration or did I choose balance because I became more successful in spite of the integration? I don't know. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, the greatest benefit to balance is that when one is done, it's really done. It fits the life I have and I give 100% of myself to that thing, whether it's life or work, and I can switch to the other life or work when that proverbial blows. I will also add that this format or ideal also works best with my hyper-focused ADD brain. I get more done and I have a clearer picture of what I need to do when. Now, that's not to say that the other doesn't work at all. The greatest benefit to integration is flexibility. Again, my brain is hyper-focused. I get all kinds of discombobulated when work must be done during a previously scheduled life time or vice versa. Somehow I could do it with a baby, but I definitely can't do it now. But for many, that flexibility is key to their success. And I won't doubt that that could have been a key to mine. I can't tell you what would be the best for you, but I can tell you the method I used to figure out what worked best for me. I reflected on my life and my schedule, which in my case, all of my kids, when all three had sports after school. By the time I would take them to practice or a game, get dinner done, eat, get kids to bed, it was nine and my brain was spent. I found that my brain couldn't function on doing more than one thing at a time. So I decided to clearly define my work day, which also, by the way, is around the time that I hit my brick wall too. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I also found that when I was when my clients knew I was working at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, they had an expectation of me responding to them uh, Ooh, when they would send me an email too. Slope right there. Yeah. So I had to make a very, make it very clear that my, I was done at five. And if you expected a response from me, whether or not I checked your email, which sometimes I will check the email, but I'll, I'll uh, mark as unread so that I can get to it the next day to force me to not work. <laughs> Um, I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast that I would usually clock out at three. 
I usually, and I start at like 9, 9.30 a.m. Uh, I work out, I take the dog for a walk. Uh, my son will be home from school. I feed him his snack. I'll take my shower. And by then it's usually about 4.30, 4.45. I check my final emails and respond. I write my list of tasks for the next day so that I don't waste my time doing it in the morning. And then I'll log off for the day. When the kids are out of school, I adopt a little more integration uh, because that's what my life requires. But when I'm at work, I am only at work. And when I'm off the clock, I am completely off the clock. In finding what works for you, remember that the purpose is to help you lower stress, become more efficient, and increase your well-being. And in saying that, that is the reason why I chose balance over integration. Because with integration, it felt as though five or more things needed me all at the same time, all of the time. Whereas in balance, one thing needed my time one at a time. So. Yeah. So clearly, see that. I'm a balanced person. You're an integration person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you know? Opposing sides. Yes. The fight starts now. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so I think at the heart of it, um, kind of like what you were saying, I wholeheartedly agree with whether you're integration or balance. One of the key things that keeps you from stressing out in either scenario is you have to focus one thing at a time. Yeah. I know we live in this world where it's easy to get distracted. And I also, I mean, I know you had mentioned um, ADHD. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm so, hyper-focused. Hyper so oh, hyper if you're, if I'm hyper-focused or not hyper, if, if I'm doing something and like, this is a perfect example. Like I cannot watch TV. My husband loves to watch TikToks. It scrambles my brain and I can't, I turn, I'll have to turn the TV on mute and wait until he's done with his TikToks before I can turn the TV on. I, I cannot hear that and pay attention to my, because my brain is like, which one am I trying to focus on? Am I focusing on that or am I focusing on that? And it just starts ping-ponging. And then I'm like, ah, oh, my head hurts now. I can't do this. So. So I think, um, like I said, I think as I've gotten older, has been the, the outcome. Mm -hmm. um, I certainly know that I do. And I don't know if that part of it is that's just me discovering that being present one thing at a time like, is really the way to actually live your life instead of trying mm -hmm. to do five things at once. Because when I was younger, I remember in college and high school days, like, you know, I would be doing my homework, listening to music in another language, by the way, mm -hmm. um, watching something like online, like like I can literally, or, you know, chatting on AIM, uh, it's really yeah, yeah. the way our age. But um, <laughs> like you're doing all this stuff like at once and you don't know if you're really ever good at it. I guess you feel like you're good at it, which is why you do it. But it's only now that I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit more aware and sensitive to it. Like I can just feel the stressor on my brain when I'm trying to do two things at once. If I have mm -hmm. like TV on and I'm trying to do something like super analytical, like, like you, it just kind of scrambles me a little bit. And I just feel a little bit more like strung out because I feel like I'm spending more frankly trying to pay attention to both things at once. And now I don't even know about paying thing. Like this is a little different than paying two things, paying attention to two things at once, but the switching of tasks mm -hmm. really gets me. Like if I have to like switch from checking my email to writing a, a content piece or to writing the script or, and then switching over to a phone call and then switching over to a meeting, and maybe that's a COVID thing too. How to do yeah. so much of that switching, yeah. especially from our desk. Yeah, that just kills me. 
every time. I just, I can't, I can't keep up with it. I'm definitely doubly tired by the end of the day if I have to keep switching around things, which is interesting because you think that with work-life integration, you're kind of switching, but mm-hmm. it's different because you're switching, or at least I am trying to, or trying to align it as much. I'm switching based on kind of what my energy flow is mm-hmm. because like in the morning, I can get my serious stuff done and my scheduling, my analytical stuff. And then in the afternoon, then I can talk to people, do creative stuff and things like that. And if I try to flip that schedule around, like I'm just miserable because mm-hmm. I just can't churn anything out. It's just not, it doesn't, my brain doesn't want to wake up yet. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I have, I have a few friends that work from home and yeah. um, they, all of them do integration. I cannot, I can't. <clears throat> I will say that in the earlier years, prior to me starting my company, I also worked from home then too. I started working from home in 2003. And uh, at that time, I did definitely do, lived my life in an integration style and with an integration approach. I was super stressed out. But I was young and I avoided it like most people, 20s and 30s. And then I hit, I hit 40 and bam, I couldn't do it anymore uh, because my body had been vibrating at this high stress level for so many years that I just, I I could not, could not do it. So I understand when people say, oh, integration approach is great because then you can do a little bit of like, I don't know, put your lawn, like I said, like putting your laundry in, in between uh, meetings. I can't do that. Nope, 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 nope. I live such a scheduled life because it makes me less stressed out. And I've, I've struggled a lot with stress and my ability to manage my stress and manage my happy. Uh, and and what helps me manage my happy is to put very clear, definitive lines around what is considered work, what is considered um, mommy duties, and what is considered me time. I got that mm-hmm. in there too. Uh, mm-hmm. And and even on on every like every day has something else scheduled in it because running a business takes so much out of you especially in the beginning, a lot of times we start off with just ourselves or just ourselves and our partner or partners. You don't usually start off with a full staff. Most people don't, unless you're opening up a restaurant or a salon or something like that where you have to have staff, right? Right. Um, But even so, all of that office work is still on your shoulders. So whether or not you work from home, it's very difficult to turn your brain this way, that way, this way, that way, this way, that way, and expect to relax at the end of the day. I don't know. I just don't, I don't see the benefit of an integration approach. I understand that I used to do that, but I did it based off of survival mode. Then, um, oh, I think I shall try this out and see how it works for me. No, it was more about just trying to survive. Uh, But balance, I think, is more successful in managing stress and managing your day-to-day. Yeah, it just sounds like you are able to uh, compartmentalize like yes. different parts of you, right? Yes. Yeah. 
right? And for mm-hmm. that, that's how you kind of give them equal focus because you can clearly see where the line is drawn and where it starts and then where it ends. Sounds like that's that's mm-hmm. what you're doing, right? But I yeah. had to and- train myself to do that. It's not like I, I, I had to, and when I trained myself to do that, it also helped with my ADD. If any of our listeners are <laughs> business owners yeah. and have ADD and you struggle with your ADD, this was one approach that I took to to help manage my ADD. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, I myself also try kind of the work-life balance, right? Make sure there's a clear cutoff, make sure that things are blocked out, schedule time to focus on different things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is, but I absolutely hated it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's, you know, and that's a thing too. It's like, you know, you keep like, it's like a, man, talk about spilling secrets today. Um, <laughs> it's like I keep trying to, like eat those like dove chocolate things like those little dove Hershey's <laughs> kisses I keep trying because everybody tells me like how great like it is and how it makes them feel and how they love eating like just pure milk chocolate I hate that <laughs> and so similar to this I feel like I keep trying and I keep coming back with like yeah just the fit like for me for whatever reason it makes it all feel a little too routine and too rigorous like I feel like I'm kind of locked into a schedule and I can't just simply pull out of it and do what I feel like. Um, and I think maybe perception that kind of locks me into that too, where I'm just like, Ooh, I don't, you know, like I'm like that child where you can't tell them to sit still for three hours just to do their homework. How, um, do you, do you think it's an, a monotony thing? Like maybe it's a monotony thing. Maybe that's why you. It might be. So I know if I've always like, even with like, um, even with like morning routines, right? So I have a morning routine, but that's pretty much as much as routine as it gets. It's the fact that I have one. Now, what I do during that morning routine has to change all the time. I can't stick to one because when I stick to one long enough, it becomes kind of boring and repetitive. And then I just, I just lose interest. So for me, Mm. I'm probably one of those people who just needs more variety in order to kind of keep with things, which is actually ironic because my biggest thing, my biggest like, selling point i guess of what i do is discipline and uh systems and processes which is incredibly <laughs> repetitive and incredibly boring right so i think like you with certain parts of it i can learn and hunker down and do it because i think i've seen what the benefit is on the other end and knowing that this temporary you know quote unquote pain really gets you to a great outcome so i can do that but for other things like what we're talking about now, I think of the multiple times I've tried it, I've never never enjoyed a greater outcome than I did when I did the integration part instead. And that's why I think I keep fluxing. And I just, you know, at this point, I'm old enough to understand what I like and what I don't like. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, oh, okay, so the integration works a lot better. Like, mm-hmm. um, at least for the way that my mind works, which I'm sure that's a whole other episode that we can dive into how our minds work. <laughs> I don't know that I want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. I think I think I think you're you hit the nail on the head and uh, about talking about how things change too and I think yeah. as you as you hit different decades too you just evolve and things that worked certainly in your 20s does mm-hmm. not work in your 30s and 40s anymore. And for some reason your brain just hits that switch and you're just kind of like, "Oh, I don't like this anymore." Mm-hmm. You know, so. Oh yeah. Well, and I just I have a hard time believing that. Um, I have a hard time believing that you can give 
all of that, all of which, I don't even know how to say this, all of that which you were going to give to work if you had worked straight five hours, mm-hmm. let's say, five, six hours. Or actually, actually, that's a better point. If I'm working straight, I put five to six hours in a day. Yeah. Yeah. But it, when I was doing integration, an integration approach, mm-hmm. I was putting a whole more, a whole lot more hours in. <clears throat> Interesting. So I found that I was more productive later on. I found before I chose to go balance, I found I was more productive in a, in a balance approach than in an integration approach. I was the opposite. Mm. I was the opposite. I'm far more, I'm far more in a positive, better mindset and open and creative mindset when I'm in integration and flowing than I am when I know that I have the structure in my head of be here for four hours focused, like doing this. Now, there are, mo- there are searches of time where I am 100% focused in deep work. So sometimes that mm-hmm. does go on for three to five hours. Um, and you, all, that's all you focus on. And maybe your whole day is that, right? Six mm-hmm. hours of work and then you cut it off and then you do other parts of your life but i think as a whole generally typically i flow in and out as needed and how i feel mm-hmm. then i am um being set into a schedule and i mean most recently uh, i got another taste of that which was uh not great <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um after after i sold the business right so i i joined the acquiring company for like the uh 18 month time afterwards to fulfill the parts of the mm-hmm. acquisition that, you know, mm-hmm. and long story short of what what happens when you get acquired anyways so mm-hmm. for anybody who's gotten acquired it's not it's not surprising you have to stay on board for a little bit afterwards but during that time because it was covid and everything like that in nature i was kind of forced into kind of like a schedule because everybody else ne- was working on the right. schedule they were you know scheduling meetings during like a mm-hmm. block of time of, well actually it was like what eight thirty to like five thirty. Although there were some people who wanted to schedule, I think one person tried to schedule something at seven, and I'm like, uh, no, deny. We're not doing that. Who's awake then? <laughs> Whose brain is working then? Who would even think that's a good idea? That's what I disagree. I yeah. So, no. um, but yeah, but the, I think I got forced into that schedule, and like I look back on it now, and yeah, I mean, I got stuff done, but as far as the balance, like you said, of like balancing your happy with like your work, like I think. I was just so strung out. And I mean, part of that could be COVID too. Hey, mm-hmm. right? there's really nothing else that you could integrate with life at that point. Right, right. In your own space because you couldn't mm-hmm. go anywhere. But I mean, I look back and I'm just like that. I will never want to do that ever again. <laughs> like it just doesn't, it just, it just brings everything down for me and I can't do it. Although I was much happier when I used to be traveling overseas. And I mean, mind you, yes, I had to take a 2-8 couple 2 a.m. conference calls and stuff like that because, you know, it's 2 a.m. where I am, but it's 9 a.m. where my client is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I was happy. I just, I was excited. I didn't mind. You know, things just came easier. Problems became easier to solve for whatever reason because I feel like I was in control of my schedule maybe. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm sure it's all a perception and a mindset. I, I guess that just boils down to then what I was saying earlier is that you really have to pay attention to the type of personality you have yeah. and what what you think is going to work best for your your brain. I, I would like to think that by the time you become a card-carrying adult, you know what you like and what you don't like and what, what ways in which you can be most successful. 
Yeah. So I guess self-awareness is the key. Mm-hmm. I'm going to think. Welcome to adulting. Yep. Yep. That's <laughs> what any hoozles. And in each episode, we like to connect a famous example to our discussion to help you relate our talking points on a more global or well-recognized scale. Sometimes we use exact examples of either famous persons or successful business owners of today or in history. And sometimes we use examples of people who inspire us and have inspired today's discussion. So interesting enough, there's actually an article in the Harvard Business Review called What Successful Work and Life Integration Looks Like. Hmm. So my, uh, there's a couple of famous examples they use in there as just kind of people who've gotten like famously, exam- uh, famously um, successful mm-hmm. who kind of balance, you know, those different areas we were talking about, like home and life, community and work. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one I was going to point out was Bruce, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. And um, even in our it says it's a little counterintuitive to think that rock and roll hero as a as an exemplary leader, but mm-hmm. I'm sure he has a business uh, side to him because he can't mm-hmm. be where he is without that. Um, and he said himself that he creates music to quote uh, make people happy, feel less lonely, but also to be a conduit for dialogue about the events of the day, the issues that impacts people's life, personal and social and and religious. Mm. I would say he does that pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and also with kind of his you know, clarity of purpose, uh, from, well, I don't know if he said this himself or the author is saying it, um, derived from years of painful self-scrutiny. Wow. <laughs> Maybe it was painful. Maybe. <laughs> um, it follows naturally that he makes it clear that he expects from people around him, whether it's his family or his, uh, band members or like uh, members like his uh, family or uh, members of his band or, or whatnot um really kind of integrating like his personal life with his work life which i mean come on as a musician i can imagine that there's got to be a lot of blending there mm-hmm. uh, especially one of his stature and all the traveling and all the stuff he has to do and supposedly like he's kind of known to both his family and his band members as quote-unquote the boss um for a reason and um, I think the point of the article is just saying that, look, none of, none of the famous examples, including Bruce Springsteen, you know, they, didn't exa- they weren't exactly born into a life of high privilege, right? They had to work mm-hmm. really hard for it. And, um, but, you know, they didn't, they didn't do it at the expense of their life, but they probably, they probably got to the success they have today because of the fact that they were committed to work, to home, to community, and to mm-hmm. their own personal lives, right? Mm-hmm. So. Kind of like what you were saying, Savannah, whether or not, who knows if one led to the other, but mm-hmm. maybe it is because you're able to have a work-life balance that's made you as successful as you are, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. not in spite of it, right? In spite right. of joining that line. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, that's kind of my famous example. Um, I will put the, uh, I'll put the sh- uh, link in the show notes below so you can see who the other people are. But I thought it was kind of interesting to pick a rock and roll uh, yeah, that is cool. Person, as an example this time around. Cool. Well, in my research, I found an article that lists 10 of the best companies that have successfully integrated work-life balance into the company culture. I chose two of my favorite companies, and surprise, surprise, I love more than half of the ones listed here. And I'm linking the article in the show notes so you can read about the rest. So we'll start with Target. 
a retail giant proving that work-life balance can be achieved in a fast-paced, shift-based environment across thousands of employees in hundreds of locations. And we're not just talking about corporate offices. One part-time store worker commented that management was very flexible with scheduling time off and desired hours, while a swift shop, swift the swap shift board for the weekly schedule makes it easy for staff to take a day if something last minute comes up. I think that's actually pretty cool. Like, hey, I need to swap with you. Can you do that? Um, the careers website states that the company is dedicated to enhancing well-being of both employees and their families and include a range of vacation, personal days, well-being time, and family leave options for staff. As a result, Target ranks in the top 10% of similarly sized U.S. companies for its work-life balance, offering and achieves positive happiness and culture scores. Pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Next up, Intuit, the software company behind QuickBooks and TurboTax. Love the first more than the second. Came second in <laughs> came second in Comparably's 2018 Work Life Balance Awards behind Starbucks, and standards haven't dropped since, with strong Glassdoor ratings to this day and a great 4.4 to 5 overall score. Flexible schedules are one of the reasons behind the company's high work life balance ratings, with over 800 employee reviews citing a positive harmony between work and home life as a factor of their employment. The firm offers a number of time off options from general holidays to disability and travel options, as well as a range of schemes designed to support physical, emotional, and financial well-being. They also have an initiative called We Care and Give Back. It offers employees up to five paid days off a year to volunteer in the community, reflecting one of the company's core values. I don't know about but every time I talk to somebody from QuickBooks, they're always happy. They always sound so pleasant. They are very pleasant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are. I wish they'll answer some of my questions better, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> they do try, though. I think that's the thing. Is um, I mean, they try within, like, you know, the scope of what they're able to do. But mm-hmm. now that I think about it, I mean, you're right. They're They're usually always pretty chippy on the phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With each episode, we'd like to share either books, tools, apps, platforms, or anything we think is a great next step and connector to our discussion. So if you like our subject matter and want to learn more, you'll have a great place to start. Mm. So um, I don't have too, too many suggestions, although I will not be surprised if anybody goes goes ahead and Googles or goes on Amazon to look for books about how to mm-hmm. do work-life integration or work-life balance. I'm sure there will be plenty on that. Oh, website. yeah. The only thing is, I guess I have a, a piece of advice from, I guess, from the work-life integration point of view is as somebody who's been doing it for a while and things that work and that things that don't work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think equally so, like the way you approach your day on a work-life integration has to be somewhat flexible mm-hmm. as well, because you're you're kind of living a flexible like um, time schedule, I guess you can say. So mm-hmm. I think one thing I had to learn how to shift from, which is a little hard for me to do because I'm I'm a big do list person <laughs> is mm. to kind of transition from thinking about your day in just a series of to do's and then building up from there versus thinking about your day as just what goals am I trying to achieve today and what what intentions and what goals I'm trying to achieve. And 
the subtle difference of that is that what I ended up finding because of the fact that with integration, you're kind of flowing in and out and no two days are the same, right? Is that when I made a list of to-dos, I would get extremely frustrated because I can't finish all the to-dos in a day. Well, my day changes mm-hmm. all the time. So of course I can't finish to-dos. Mm-hmm. But you know, for me, it was such a measuring stick of how productive my day was. It would just end up, it would just end up like stressing me out um, that, oh, I feel like I'm not getting it done. We're not productive. But mm-hmm. your list of to-dos and how you check them off isn't, so I've learned later on, isn't quite the way of measuring your productivity if that's the only thing you're doing, if that's the only thing you're building. Like you wake up and you just say, all right, here are all my to-dos that I need to do today. And then my, my, my measurement of how productive I am is how many of these to-dos I can get through, right? That was my, my approach initially. Now it's more of, well, what goals am I trying to set? Because when I have goals or intentions, if you want to call it, or you know, daily goals, it kind of opens up the window a little bit about how I'm going to approach to getting that goal, right? So I may think about a way of getting to it, and it may not be the to-do that I wrote down for the five things. I still got to the goal. Mm-hmm. And so that became a little bit easier for me to manage uh, than it was to, um, to just have a to-do list. And this all go back to say that I, I didn't come up with this idea. I actually heard it from um, Tony Robbins. Mm. I can't for the life of me under, like remember what he called it. He had like some name for it because he has a name for everything he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah, okay. Um, but he had some 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 something about goal setting. So I think like if you Google Tony Robbins goal setting, I'll see if I can find any to put in the show okay. link. You'll see it too. But he has he had a way of approaching it that I ended up adopting, and I was like, oh, I can kind of see how this actually works mm-hmm. and how it works better with somebody who is kind of going through a flow of a work life integration rather than. Mm-hmm. Balance. I like that. Uh, well, I found a fantastic book called Work Life Harmony. Enjoy your life and family more because of, not in spite of, your work by Grant Batma. I think that's such a great name for a book. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> title. Right? Uh, according to Amazon, Grant Batma provides a step by step guide to help you harmonize the personal and professional parts of your life so family and career work together and complement one another. Most books about balance tell you how to work less. In this book, Grant provides practical examples you can use to cultivate harmony, respect, and love among you, your family, and your job. Your work is meaningful, not just because it helps you provide for those you love, but because it's important to you. Learn how to be happier with Grant's simple process and straightforward tactics that empower you to live and work with purpose and harmony, which kind of goes to the same point that I was trying to make, that I needed to learn not just how to manage my work or manage my life, but to how to manage my happy. Not even manage my stress, but to manage my happy. Yeah, I love that line, though, how to manage your happy, because that's such a, that's the thing. Like, what's the point of all, like, what's the point of, like, all this work you're doing and all this, mm-hmm. like, if you're not living, you're not happy. Right, right. So what were the things that were going to make me happy? What, how do I need to construct my day to, to satisfy the happy in me? And then where would I carve out time to focus solely on my happiness? So I had to find that within me and to create it in my day. And that blueprint is what I um, follow every day. Well, I like the fact that I think the underlying theme that regardless of what you choose, it sounds like you have to give, you have to give attention to all the parts of your Mm-hmm. Don't let one. I mean, I'm sure there are days, you, there are weeks you go through where things may be in balance and, you know, you're heavier on work than you are mm-hmm. on your 
personal life or your family or whatnot. But then, you know, to be thoughtful and making sure you switch that balance around and rebalance it the following week so that it doesn't just go on for a long period of time where your work is overrunning your life and mm-hmm. you get to that place where you're asking like, well, where is my happy? Right, <laughs> like, right. What happened, right? Mm-hmm. And I think as women, we also tend to give so much of ourselves to everyone around us that we don't generally hold on to a piece for ourselves. Oh, um, well, that's very true. I think that's just by, I think we just all naturally do that for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Yeah, um, which is why, you know, that that makes it even more important to find the the right, I guess, recipe for your day. How how much of this and how much of that in yeah. order to come up with the perfect day-to-day for you so that you don't burn out and people are like, you know, still trying to suck things out of you like the giving tree. So, <laughs> which... Which I should say is another one of my recommendations. Probably there you go. Probably one of the greatest books to ever read. Anyway. <laughs> so, well, I agree with you there. That is a that is a very good point, especially for our um, our women entrepreneurs out there. Yes, it's really easy to get sucked in, and you're getting pulled in all directions, and there's no left of you for you anymore. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that's mm-hmm. that's important, no matter no matter what stage you're in. Mm-hmm. Not to say that the our male listeners don't go through that too, but men seem to have a better way of defining or or vocalizing. I feel like men have a have a better way of vocalizing than women do. Women tend to, no matter how I say this for myself too, sometimes, no matter how strong you are, sometimes you're like, Well, I just don't want to upset you. So I'm going to say yes. And it's hard to to come to a decision that you don't want to live a li- in a life of fear. For the male listeners out there, this is probably a little bit of a generalization. And feel free to let me know if this is not correct. But I think in my opinion, I think it does. I think men get put in the same position. And like you were saying, like they may be able to draw the lines better. But I want to say the underlying idea there i think it just bothers them less yeah yeah like probably. It, i think i feel like it bothers women more if we upset somebody than i think mostly men like are like they may be bothered for a minute and then they quickly forget about it yeah yeah that's true i feel like as women we kind of take it with us and we get really bothered by did i really upset that person did i really let them down disappoint them you know like yeah. i think we just kind of keep going and men are like oh Man. <laughs> right yeah. and yeah you're right sometimes i'm kind of like that's an amazing superpower which <laughs> i don't have but hey i i don't either i'm trying though <laughs> please join us for our next episode where we will discuss the difference between a bookkeeper accountant and cpa who you need when oh, such a good topic I know. With the end of the year before us, this is a very important episode. Oh my gosh. The Mm -hmm. level of things I still have seen. It's been 10 years, people, and I still see the same terrible relationship that is set up between a business owner and 